Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, joined by Justin Wells. we got another edition of 10 Questions Answered coming your way. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, check out InsideTexas.com for all the latest updates. And uh, Justin, this is kind of the last hurrah for recruiting before we shift into a, a new cycle where it's all team, team, and more team. We're, we're slowly approaching that. Bobby and I were talking about that the other night. We were, we're you know, days away now. And, and that's, that's, it's, it is a shift. It really is a shift in focus for, for the industry. Uh, recruiting still happens, but those guys are going into two-a-days. Those guys are getting started in fall camps. And so it, it, it gets taken away a little bit, and, and then you get to really once, – once team hits, you know the, that fall is right around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, training camp starts, I think, what, next Tuesday? Tuesday. Next Wednesday for the Longhorns? Well, they report on the 1st. Right, reporting on the 1st. So, uh, big week coming up. But this is the last week before a dead period begins. All of August, there will be no visits. Last week of July, there will be visits, including a good amount on Texas today. Uh, there will be plenty of news and updates and inside Texas probably when this video comes out. So, check it out over there. But talking about recruiting, Justin – we mentioned this last week. One of the guys we picked to be the most important recruit heading to Texas today, uh, unfortunately, won't be there. We'll get to that in a little bit in a question down the line. So, uh, without KJ Lacey on campus, who do you think is the most important recruit visiting Texas today? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, with Lacey was, was your big name. Um, man, that is a really good question. I'm going to probably go with Kobe Sellers and Chad Wolfork. I think I'm going to split those two. Those two are both going to be national top 100, top 150 kids in the 2025 cycle. One's an edge out of Humble Summer Creek. The other's a corner out of uh, Shadow, Shadow Creek down in Alvin. Um, not a lot of hoopla around this weekend, but those guys are good, Joe. Those guys are, are, are players that have multiple offers that, that need to be on the radar if they aren't already. Um not a lot of big names this weekend, this, t- today for the pool party. But I do think Sark and the staff, they're, I do think they're more focused on the season. I do think they're trying to focus, get everything narrowed down because nothing's going to boost this 2024 cycle. Nothing will give this class a jump start more than a quick start to 2023. And if those guys go into Alabama and win, recruiting becomes a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm a little bit different with you in that I think that'll affect the 2025 cycle, maybe a little bit more than the 2024 cycle. Of course, there'll be some guys. But speaking of the 2024 cycle, I think the most important guy heading to Texas today is Solomon Williams. He's a 2024 pass rusher out of the uh, Tampa area, um, a guy that on three ranks higher than other uh, services, and a guy who uh, Jerry Hamilton, who if you go check out the Inside Texas running thread over on the members board. He's even talking him up and saying that's someone who may be ranked too low. Uh, you can see on three is the only, the only service that has them, you know, within their top 300, top 250, something like that. Uh, definitely a, a player at a position of need. Uh, Texas has to load up on edge recruiting. They're still in a good place for Colin Simmons, of course, still in a good place for Zena Umio Zulu, uh, but they need some numbers. And uh, that's, that's the type of player that Solomon Solomon Williams would provide. Um, but kind of looking more into the 2025 and 2026 classes for question two, who do you think is on offer watch today? Usually these types of events 
uh, are, you know, where Texas and, and any school, but Texas in particular likes to offer kids in person. Who do you think is on notice? We should be on notice for, for getting an offer from Steve Sarkeesian and staff. I, I really like London Smith, athlete out of Waco University, 2026 kid. I really like Copen Winfont. He's a linebacker out of Crosby. I believe he's 2025. 20, he might be 25, 26. I can't remember. I don't think he's necessarily an offer watch right now, but he could be in six months to, to nine months. Um, it's a good question. There's a handful of younger guys that 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 are definitely guys that need to be on that. You know, people need to pay attention to. I'm with you. You're paying more attention to this than I am as far as the 25 and 26 players go. So. Um, those are good ones. Hopefully we get to catch up with them as they're heading out of Austin today. Uh, kind of a big picture question. Um, you know, this is the NCAA has the recruiting calendar set up to where this is the last week uh, before all of August is a dead period. Obviously, uh, high school teams are returning to camp, to school, getting ready for their season. So there's not a lot of time for visits. But this is the last week they can get them in. So what do you think the purposes of these types of events are for commits specifically commits because guys like Daniel Cruz and Nate Kibble, Trey Owens will be there. What's the point of these types of events for commits who've been in the class for a while or maybe for a month and are coming in one more time? Because nothing sells your program like the kids and those guys build relationships. That's, that's how a lot of these recruitments end up is, is how welcoming that class can be to a certain player, a certain prospect. And so you want your guys that are committed around the recruits. You want them hanging around because they've committed for a reason, Joe. Daniel Cruz, Trey Owens, Parker Livingstone, Freddie DeBose, these guys are in the boat for a reason. You want that type of attitude around these kids. You want that type of feeling why they're going to Texas, that you want them there to answer those questions for those recruits like a Solomon Williams that's going to be there. You want those guys to kind of interact with them because, you know, like Ryan Wingo told us, you know, Arch Manning, when he, when he was when he was hosting him, he, he didn't necessarily try to sell him on Texas. He just tried to get to know him, which he really liked. He was he thought it was refreshing. He didn't try to, you know, you know, try to convince him Texas was a school. He just wanted to, to hey, man, let me see if you're a fit. Let me see if we can be friendly. And I think that's where you see a benefit from the commits that they've all chose Texas for a reason. And, and there's nothing if you're going to have put these things together, nothing's better than kids selling the program. They're they're going to they're going to help you recruit this place themselves. You know, I like what you said, the kid approach. I'll go a little bit more with the coach approach. You know, we 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 got our phones on us basically all the time. You know, recruiting seems like it's a 24 seven thing. And to an extent, it is. But these kids aren't on the phone with coaches 24-7, even committed players. You know, they're not – Trey Owens isn't – probably isn't calling Steve Sarkeesian for an hour a day. Uh, It's – you know, they try to catch up when they have a lot of time uh, and and build that relationship. But that type – there's only so many hours in the day, even for commits. So these types of events, like you mentioned, it it helps the the class – uh, be able to bond with maybe some other players who could be joining, but it allows the current class, I think, to bond with coaches because, you know, when, whenever you think about it, and again, commits who live two hours away from Austin, sometimes a little different, but sometimes some of these players only make four, maybe five trips to their campus. So, and again, there's outliers there are players who've been to Austin in this class double digit times already. 
but that's all to say any opportunity that a commit can get to uh, build a bond with their head coach, their position coach, their classmates, that's important because not that anybody in this class is currently on like decommit watch or anything like that, but that right. makes it so much more difficult for those you know decisions to be made you've been committed for so long you know these guys you know these coaches that makes it so much more difficult and that's also you know not to look at it from the negative perspective but through the positive it builds the bond stronger so where these guys know each other and are willing to work for each other uh once they you know get on campus and are college students kind of going to the next side uh, of the question you know these pool parties you know they they hang out at gregory gym i feel like I uh, remember Marco <laughs> Boyd tossed Tom Herman in a pool. That's one of the lasting pictures. And uh, we're, we're in an Earl Campbell jersey. We heard a couple of years ago about uh, how uh, Oscar Giles is, is pretty darn good at, at eating wings. Uh, but what are the purposes of these events for maybe the younger targets, the guys like Kobe Sellers or the guys like Landon Rink, people who have offers? But, you know, this isn't totally focused on football. It's a pool party. It's having fun with players. What what are the purposes of these events for guys maybe in the, those 25 and 26 classes? I really think it's just another another opportunity to, to see the school. It's another opportunity to, to, to have a recruiting event. I feel like the calendar and recruiting has changed and been modified so much that it, it's almost an expectation now. And so you have these openings of when the dead period gets lifted. And so now coaches are planning more things. Coaches are recruiting staffers are putting together more groups of people, more shuttle services are coming in and out of, of programs and, and schools. And so I think the purpose is obviously just the opportunity. It's the chance to get in front of a kid before you really start to buckle down for the 2023 season. It's a chance to, to get to know them a little bit more. I don't necessarily think it's the co coach's choice. I, I have this feeling Texas isn't the biggest fan of it being right now, being at this exact moment. Like I think Sark would be much more inclined to just jump into training camp and kind of, you know, go into this, but college is recruiting never stops. Colleges have to do it constantly. And so it's an opportunity. They get to see these kids again. It's a chance to see them before they really do buckle down and start to focus on the season because recruit they, they continue to recruit, but it, it, it let, it's a little bit less. Both both sides of the spectrum are, are having to adjust and, and, and find time management and, and figure out fall camp and the season and all these things. So it's just another opportunity for, for you know, it, for some of these guys, like for, for a handful of the modern day guys on Tuesday, they hadn't been to Texas before. They've heard Spencer Shannon talk about it. They've heard Brandon Baker and Jordan Davison talk about it. They hadn't seen it. So for Sean Scott, it was getting an offer. For Marcus Harris, it was meeting Chris Jackson, an alum for modern day. So it may be different for everybody in some small world. But for Texas, I feel like it's just another opportunity uh, to, to get kids on campus and some face time with younger players. I'm glad you mentioned that group that came in on Tuesday. It leads me to the next question, mixing it up a little bit on you, but uh, modern What's day. Say, throwing a curveball, Joe. Throwing a, a little you're, bit you of know a what curveball. You're, doing? But I think, you're like Fromber in the fourth, man. Come on. Uh, I, I, I got some sticky tack on, and I'm like him. Uh, but, you know, uh, modern day, obviously one of the, the powerhouse programs in, in Southern California and the whole country, able to uh, dip into, you know, any of the – major talents in Los Angeles who want to go play at the highest level. 
Uh, they sent a group of players to Texas. They're traveling kind of all over the country. I think you had mentioned they were either at Oklahoma today or or they were yesterday. Uh, but they hit Texas on Tuesday. Uh, they got to meet with uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who's got Southern California ties. And like you mentioned, Chris Jackson, who's an old modern-day alum. So what was your biggest takeaway from some of the, the players, including a few who either had or picked up Texas offers uh, from modern day who made their way to Austin this week? The biggest, the biggest part of, of, of Tuesday was was Jordan Davison. I mean, he's one of the top tailbacks in the country, almost six foot, probably 5'11", six foot, 205, 210 pounds on three, industry ranking four star. Um, you know, Texas is in a great spot with Davison. He's one of the top backs in the country. So to me, that was the big story. But there, the, the, the larger story is, is modern day. It's the fact that Texas got somebody last year. It's the fact that they're in on two different recruits in the 2024 cycle, and it's in, they're in on three or four more in the 25 cycle and beyond. And so to me, that's kind of the bigger takeaway. They, um, they, 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 it feels like Sark wants to make modern day a, a pipeline. And, and I think in any, if you're going to build any program in college, you want to go to the modern days, the Duncanvilles, the the St. Thomas Aquinas, the uh, you know the, the IMG Academies, you the, the Bishop Gormans in Nevada. You want to go through those programs because that's where some of the best players in the country come every year. There's a reason modern days had three Heisman winners. There's a reason, and so I I, I think the bigger picture is, you know, Sark is willing to you know, kind of get out of the the comfort of in-state Texas because there's plenty of kids in this state to pick from. But it's honestly going and trying to find the best. And he, in modern day, offers some of the best in the country. That and then Marcus Harris gets to see Sark. That's a prospect that, that Texas is in on that offered last month. Uh, Sean Scott, the edge, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a top 50 national kid. That kid's already 6'3", about 220. He can already do a lot of great things. And so – it's a combination, really, of getting some get in front of some great players with some some real good one on one time. The biggest takeaway for Davison was the fact that him and Choice got to sit in the office and go over tape. And Choice not over not only dissected his game tape, they also watched the Texas tape and what his expectations would be, what their plans would be for him. That's a huge takeaway for these guys, and and I think that was big. So Tuesday accomplished a lot, Joe. There wasn't a lot of recruits on campus, so there was so much more interaction there. There was so much more time to answer questions and do certain, and, you know, they got to watch practice or one of the workouts. They got to uh, interact with the team uh, to a certain extent. I honestly think Tuesday worked out as good as it possibly could because you got to see some of the best kids. You got to see one of your top priorities and you also built a few relationships along the way. Sean Scott loved it. Marcus Harris wants to come back. The modern day pipeline is being built. It's not completely on. It's not completely flowing yet. That valve's not completely open. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. But it's in the works. It all started with Brew McCoy, too. So, all right, we'll keep it on moving. Brew McCoy. <laughs> keep Dang it on it. moving. Uh, we kind of mentioned this earlier. KJ Lacey, the 2025 quarterback commit from Sarah Land in Alabama, uh, won't be making it in, uh, has an obligation for his high school team. And another thing about recruiting, you got to remember that they are part of their high school team, first and foremost. Uh, but we did learn yesterday that ESPN is going to air a number of high school football games. Uh, in mid to late August, and Sarah Land will be one. They'll be playing uh, Lipscomb Academy out of the Nashville, Tennessee area. Uh, what are you most excited about seeing from uh, Sarah Land play? Because not only is there KJ Lacey, uh, but there is uh, Ryan Williams, an Alabama commit in his class, and also another Texas offer in Chauncey Gooden. Uh, but of course, Lacey's going to be the the point of emphasis for Longhorn fans. What are you excited to see from him when he takes the field on August 25th? I'm just excited to see him, you know, uh, until up until a little, you know, right before he committed, you know, we, we didn't have a, we didn't know a whole lot about this kid. We, we didn't, we didn't pay a lot of attention to him and that was our fault. And now he has our full attention. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see how he, how, it, how, how, how his skill set. he had a fantastic sophomore season, Joe. I want to see how that carries over. He didn't have a lot of expectations last year. Now he kind of does. He's the commit of the University of Texas. Now when you're a quarterback committed to Texas, that kind of feels like that's a larger jacket to wear in some regards, especially when you look at the room right now from a Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning standpoint. I'm just excited to kind of see how he plays. Like I said, we didn't we haven't seen a lot of him. We didn't we haven't done we we didn't you know, we, we got close, we got to know him a little bit better and, and Jerry went to see him, you know, after he committed, but from a, you know, a current standpoint, we just, we hadn't paid enough attention to him. And so I'm curious to see how he looks on tape. I'm curious to see how he looks as a commit. I'm curious to see how every, how he puts his game together. His tape last year was so good. I can only imagine he's getting better. I'm really excited to see what his mechanics look like. Um, one of the things about Lacey that, that's pretty unique when you're watching his film is that his decision-making is is really high level. Uh, he he makes throws, he sees a window, and he goes. And there are a lot of prospects these days who they need they need the clear read. Um, they need the clear path to a you know good receiver, a good play. And they can be as accurate as possible with that and be pinpoint, but they're not exactly, you know, doing the same things when they're on read two or three. And I think you see a little bit of that from Lacey, but at the same time, you'll see his feet be pointed a wrong way, or you'll see him do some weird things with his arm angle that maybe he didn't need to do in that play. And uh, I'd like, I'd like to see that decision-making uh, and the elite level that that, that he has of that continue um, his, gunslinger mentality i'd like to see that continue but i'd like to see some uh, mechanical uh, improvement and that'll be uh, tough to see or interesting to see especially against a what i think is a quality team in lipscomb academy uh, i think that's where trent dilfer was uh before he took the the uab job um it's a i i, had, I actually had a connection coach there before he went on to the power five level uh so it, it's it's not a place devoid of talent it'll be a yeah. a place where um, you know, one of the best programs in Mobile uh, in Sarah Land will face one of the best in Nashville. And 
in Lipscomb. So exciting for that one. This one's a little bit more of a quick hitter. Uh, we got to be cognizant of what's going on around us in college football. Colorado, maybe going to the Big 12. How nice is it just to watch realignment and see this game of musical chairs go down, but to have a nice seat, nice comfy seat to watch everything unfold in front of us with? It's everything. It's it's our it's our new normal. It's the new normal. Um, no kidding. I love this dynamic because I don't have. There's no more worrying. There's no more. Well, what's this? There's no more trailing this tra- this rumor. There's no more. Hey, well, let's let the rest of you guys figure all this stuff out. You know, we've been down that road. It was a fun ride. I'm done. I'm good. I'm with you. I got alerts on for Pete Thamel on my phone. I got alerts on for Matt Zenitz on my phone and maybe a couple other uh, college football insiders. And when I saw that pop up, I'm like, whoa. But then I realized I could just think about it and I didn't have to go to work. And <laughs> there used to be some times where it'd be like, whoa. And it was not as fun. If you're so. SMU, what are you thinking about the Big 12? They're inviting Colorado and you're right there. If you're TCU, you don't even let them think about it. So, uh, who knows? is fascinating, and especially when it doesn't involve Texas. It's It's awesome when it doesn't involve Texas. All right, but let's get back to the on-field. I got two kind of similar questions right here back-to-back. Training camp starts, I think, uh, August 2nd. Uh, Just got the email today inside Texas, and – the rest of the media will be able to, you know, meet with Sarkeesian and a couple other coaches and players, I think, on August 1st. But there's going to be some position battles on the field that we're going to be watching throughout training camp. So what's on day one on either side of the ball? So on one for offense, one for defense, what position battles are you watching most? Good question. Um, ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'll start on defense. I'm looking to see who's going to play opposite Ryan Watts. Is it going to be Terrence Brooks? Is it going to be Gavin Holmes? I, I'm looking at, I believe it's that, I believe it's the, uh, I don't know if it's the, I think it's the boundary side corner. I think it's field, the field corner, corner for the field guys. corner. Okay, it's the field yeah. corner. That's the one I'm curious about on defense. I, I think it's Brooks' job for the taking, but I know that Holmes has done a lot of good things. This is a kid that came from, a, came from Wake Forest. He's got a lot of experience and he's, He's already hosting guys, which is unique for a transfer. Um, I'm looking at that. On the offensive side, I'm curious to see how the interior offensive line shapes out. Very curious to see where Cole Hudson settles. If he is the right guard, if he does take over at center, he becomes the center. Like, you know, I, I'm curious how that all kind of transpires because I think I think they they have seven or eight guys they really like and trust on the offensive line. And now they just have to find the best fits. They have to find everybody that, you know, kind of the best puzzle there. And so that's probably my two spots. I'm curious what you think. I'm going to be paying attention to Buck. Um, I think we have an idea that it's going to be Ethan Burt, but I'm curious to see who's right behind him. I think it'll be Justice Finkley. Uh, I think it, but uh, who else is there too? Uh, is Colton Vosick there? Uh, is Jamon Tapp there? Where did Chris Ross end up? Where are some other guys? How much? I don't think we'll see any reps from Anthony Hill uh, in the, at least like the media viewing portion uh, at Buck, but we might, and that'd be really notable. So I'm paying attention to Buck. Um, another one, in addition to what you mentioned, you got to watch Will Linebacker uh, replacing DeMarvian Overshone. Uh, going to be big uh, in, in 
determining how good this defense can be this year. On offense, uh, if I'm going to avoid uh, the offensive line, like uh, I think that one's easily number one. I'm looking at running back, and I think we all have a good idea that it's probably going to be Jonathan Brooks and then Keelan Robinson, and then then the questions start. Is it going to be Savian Red? Is it going to be C.J. Baxter? Is it going to be Jaden Blue? Is it going to be, you know, where does Trey Wisner fit in here? Um, if I'm forgetting a name, it's not for any reason. It's just because I forgot. Like, what does that look like? I think we have a good idea that it's going to be Jonathan Brooks and then Keelan Robinson. Heck, could be Keelan Robinson and then Jonathan Brooks just to go in order of seniority. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see what it looks like going after those guys, um, what they look like. What, I, I'm really curious to see what that battle looks like because – Without a clear cut top two, it seems like more and more carries are going to be available. There's going to be a one, uh, but who knows if there's going to be one A, one B, or if it's going to be one, two, and three. So uh, pretty excited to see that. Um, last one, Justin. What's one thing that might surprise people when camp begins? What's one thing that when they read it on Inside Texas, they'll see, oh, I, I didn't expect that, or, you know, oh, that's kind of interesting to see. What, what's one thing that you know, inside Texas readers are rarely surprised, but what's one thing that you could think could pop up that might surprise some people? Who's wearing green jerseys? I think there's a lot of guys that are trying to get healthy. I think there's a lot of guys that are trying to to get get on the field as soon as possible. They're trying to prove themselves. A couple of them have chips on their shoulders, points to prove. So I'm curious, the, the green jersey, because I think there's going to be a couple guys possibly in green jerseys for the first week or two that most fans might think, well, they should already be healthy by now, or they should already be in the rotation, or they should already be getting those reps. Hey, it's a process. Everybody heals in different ways. So it, to try to forecast that, I'm, I feel like there's going to be a couple green jerseys that we have to, to make note of. Yeah, there always seems like there's one or two. And, uh, you know, if, if they're wearing green jerseys but participating, it means they're still able to participate. Yeah, I, right. I, I look at that from the – glass half full perspective it's not like seeing a guy walk out of Moncrief with a boot when you're going in for a, a media availability that's a little bit different you know this is just hey they're able to participate we're keeping them upright and taking some of the pressure off of them man that's a that's a really tough one to beat hmm because we don't know what we, we're gonna see yet right you're almost asking us to predict Something. Predict the unpredictable. Yeah, predict the unpredictable. So it's 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 a good question, but there's not a lot of good answers. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good one. Um, I think there's, for some reason, the national consciousness when it comes to Texas football, they probably saw the trading card news with Arch Manning pop up last week, and they're thinking, oh, you know, NIL. I thought Archie said he wouldn't be taking NIL till he's a starter. And, oh, what does this mean? Does this mean he's been – I think we, we know this, and, and anybody who's watched this show or read Inside Texas knows that Malik Murphy is going to start out camp as the second-string guy. Yeah. The battle there is going to be between Murphy and Arch for, for the backup quarterback spot, but I think there's going to be some, uh, some surprise among some national people who may not pay as close attention, like, what's this Arch Manning guy doing as a third string? Shouldn't surprise anybody who's familiar with the program, but – uh, I wouldn't be shocked if some uh, some loud some one of the louder voices in college football who dips their toe into Texas coverage every now and then sees that and starts to make a little ruckus out of it for no There's reason. There's always whatsoever. a national tinge. There's always a national angle to it, and it's like there's a reason local to support local journalism. 
We know what we're talking about when it comes to On Texas Football. So speaking of, thank you for watching this episode of On Texas Football. Check out InsideTexas.com. Perfect time to join up. Got recruiting notes, camp coverage, all the different intel, behind the scenes, out front, everything about the Texas Longhorns. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to this channel. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson. For Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. We will see you next time on Questions Answered on On Texas Football.